This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via other participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. An empty Ashton Gate this evening. Bristol City 2, Hull City 1. Fam with uh, a good strike set up by uh, Patterson. And then uh, Patterson, exquisite free kick in the second half. Hull got a goal back, a few nervous moments. But uh, overall, uh, full value for three points without inspiring. Is that how uh, you would have seen it, Dave? Yeah, I, th- I think we let them put us under far more pressure than we needed to to tonight. And I think we made it harder work of what should have been a, a game at 2-0 up early in the second half that we should have just gone and gone and played and gained even more confidence. And I think we let them come back into it far too easily. They're not a good yeah. side. And I think we, you know, we we allowed them uh, to look a better side than they are. Yeah. And what are your thoughts on the, the lineup uh, that uh, Dean Holden named for his first game in charge? Any particular uh, surprises there for you, the shape of the team? Um, I guess I guess the shape was was quite interesting for, for me. I, I always call it a back five rather than a back three, even though you know. So I I, I call it out as a as a five one two two. So Corey mm. Smith anchoring, but then Patson and, and Vyman really almost kind of playing between Corey and then the two the two guys up up front. And I think it suited Patterson. I'm not sure it suited uh, Vyman tonight. But the, the one positive. For, for me, alongside Patterson's performance was uh, was was Wells, who looked much more like the player that that I've seen numerous times over the years, who who I thought would be ideal for us. He looked much more mobile. We hit him earlier, um, and and I think it was a better performance in in that regards. But around the rest of the pitch, still pretty pretty ordinary. Yeah, I mean, if we go through uh, the team, I mean, Bent's in goal, flapped a few times, but a couple of reasonable saves in there, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, good, good save late on. But those those balls into the box, you know, the one they scored from. I think if you've got Nicky Minepine goal, they don't end up eight yards away from our goal. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think he keeps their line tight, and he and he's coming through them and, and, and clearing the lot of them out. And I think that's a kind of area where Bentley really needs to improve his game, shot stopping. Yeah. I don't think anyone's gonna gonna fault him on that. Uh, so Ben's did okay. Hunt at right back for. I think he played the whole ninety minutes, didn't he? I mean, he he was yeah. solid. He wasn't pressured much, really, was he? Because he's not the most uh, adept defensively, is he? No, I, th- I think he did okay tonight. I think 
I don't think. And the, the central three well at the back. The, sorry, go. On. The, I was going to say the central three at the back of uh, Benkovic, Kalas, and um, Baker. I mean Baker. He's got China jaws, that guy, hasn't he? Yeah, <laughs> he, cer- he certainly has. Yeah, you know, I think you know Forrest and now Hull. We've had a player kicked in the in the face, and or uh, yeah, in the face for you, in did, the first thirty did, seconds. Yeah, for you, does Jay De Silva do enough going forward? I mean, he's crossing. Ian pointed this out to me a couple of times, and you know, he's there for his attacking capability, but his crossing was appalling. I know in the second half he came on to take a free kick on the opposite side. He didn't even clear the first man. What are your thoughts on Jay, Jay De Silva's performance tonight and, I'll say, overall? Yeah, I certainly agree with Ian and yourself on that he's been very wasteful when we've got him into advanced positions. And I, I think he looks like he's missing that spark he had as well, the, uh, pre, pre-break he he yeah. looks a bit leggy, if, I, if I'm being honest. And I think that's just a couple of sloppy passes, not quite getting away from his man or not quite closing his man down. He, just, he doesn't look like he's, he's quite on it for me. But normally uh, he's one of the, the players I love watching, um, but I don't think he's been on it yet. Yeah, and if you look at Corey, I mean, he was there as the anchor in midfield. And I think I'm right in saying Pato and Vyman either side of him. But let's look at Corey. I mean, you know, he's got there's four games to go. He's probably going to start all four of them, since none of the lone players can come in. Uh, do you think he's going to get, do you think he's going to be offered a contract? Do you think he'll be playing at Ashton Gate in September? And how did you rate him tonight? Um, in, in, I'll start with how I rated him tonight. Once again, I think he was he was okay tonight. You know, again, not, it's not, a few of them don't look sharp enough. That ball getting away from them when not, and then they're forced into making a tackle, which inevitably leads to a foul. Um, yeah, that, that, Looks like you know mixture of lots of games in a short space period has caught up with a few of our players. Overall, Corey, in terms of next season, I think it really depends on on, on who comes in um, and and what they're what they're looking for. You know, I, I think most yeah. of us would say that dominant central midfielder is the one position we we've missed out. And, yeah, and if, and somebody if with a bit of stature in there, I'm, I guess. And, yeah, from that. And if the new guy looks looks to recruit there, then it, it may be. Uh, Time up for Corey, but you know, wonderful servant he's been for us. He's been for yeah. a lot. With now, us. today he was flanked by uh, Pato and Vyman. We'll talk about Pato in a minute, but Vyman, another typical Vyman performance. You know, he runs around a lot, but I don't think he managed any of the eight shots we had on target. I mean, your thoughts on Vyman tonight? I almost wish he was one of those players that was out of contract and he was going to leave, you know, because I wouldn't offer him an extension. But what are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he, I think he looked lost in that kind of right-hand advanced central midfield role, if there is such a such a position. Um, I don't think he got on the ball hardly enough. Um, and I, I, I think when he did get it, he, he looked like he wasn't really in a position where he was going to influence the game tonight. I think he's He's been guilty, I guess, in some respects, of being kind of that versatile player and the Johnson will play anywhere. And I, I think if you've got to play him, you've got to play him up front. And, and if, yeah. if he's not good enough to start in front of Wells and uh, Jiju, then he starts on the bench. And I think you know there's other people who could come in and played that role better than he did tonight. And bring him on as a, as an impact player, I guess. Which, but then a very expensive impact player because through I'll call it reliable sources, going back about four or five years now, he was allegedly on about 40 grand a week at Derby. He's probably earning half that down here. But, mm-hmm. you know, there we go. Let's talk about Pato then. I mean, he's 
a bit of an enigma. We thought he was banished away from the club at the start of last season. I don't know why we let him go out on loan, particularly when uh, Pack uh, had gone as well. You might be able to enlighten me on that. But, you know, he made he made that first goal with an exquisite pass, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. he scored that free kick. Talk about the goal and the free kick and him as a player. Yeah, I think he's probably our most gifted player technically. I think, you know, he's got... It's very different, difficult to know whether he's, he's right foot or left foot. He really has got a, a super um, pair of feet on, on him. And, and I think, you know, so technically he can, he can, he can do a lot. For me, it's, you've got to get him on the ball and you've got to get him in space. And at, and at times today we did that. I guess on the flip side of that, his kind of defensive work is not the greatest. He'll run around, but he doesn't really affect a press um, yeah. in the way we play it anymore. And I think it's a couple with, with Vineman, it wasn't a great two, but Pato leaps and you know ahead of Vineman in performance nine. You know, he's probably he can do he can do some stuff. He yeah. can do some and we go to the front two, which started off as uh, started off as uh Fam and Naki. You thought Naki had a good uh, mm. game. I thought he was okay, but you know, what was it about Naki that you made you feel that he was particularly worthy of mention? I think we sprung him early tonight. I th- if you watch his runs, his runs are very much kind of proactive and mm. looking to make players' minds up about where they want to play it. And often, I don't think our players see the pass tonight, certainly in that early half an hour, 35 minutes, we sprung him quite a lot. And I think that was key to getting him on the ball. And I saw his confidence uh, grow from that, if, if I'm being honest. Um, I wouldn't say he's still at the level that he was when I've seen him play for other clubs, but he was much more like it tonight. And I, I, I thought we got that, got him down the sides and, and we built good kind of territory for, through his running tonight. Yeah. And fam is fam, isn't he? 13 goals. I think he's equal, uh, equaled his best uh, record playing for Bristol city. He showed his value defensively. I know he cleared away at least one of the half a dozen or so corners that Hull had got a typical fam goal. I mean, he used to play like, we had a threatening bit on the end of his boots at some time. But I think Fam has become a better player. Yeah, uh, he finished well. Um, do you think we're not going to see him after uh, July the 22nd? Yeah, I think there's a good chance he'll be on his way. I think the European market for him is probably going to be quite tempting. And I think there might still be some reasonable value in that market for, for us to, to get a decent price for him as well. I don't think the English market will, will stand up to it. But... Uh, yeah, I think he's got he's got his pluses and he's got his minuses as as, as fam. Um, I wish he was a little bit more on his toes up front. Um, I think he's a little bit reactive. You know, the opposite to what I said about Wells being very proactive. Um, mm-hmm. But he's done a reasonable job for us um, defensively. You know, I'd like to think that there are other people that could come and defend that near post that like like he does. But I don't really want my mm-hmm. my centre forward to be picked because he can defend. Defend the yeah. corner. I'd, I'd like us to coach us to defend that better as a team, whoever plays it. Yeah. On the substitutes, uh, Viner came in and, okay, Hull aren't the best, but he slotted in quite adequately for uh, uh, Baker, didn't he? Yeah. Well, I think, the, I think we're, we're seeing a player who's not played at this level for a year. Since his loan at alone at Rotherham, and and I think he's still trying to get up to up to speed. He had a decent start back at Forest, but as that game wore on, he looked more tired. I thought he looked a little bit off it. 
on on Saturday against Cardiff and, and tonight. I don't think he gets up early enough, and it's certainly on headers, and therefore gets dominated. Yeah. I think that helped put us on the back foot tonight. Um, so I think there's, there's yeah. areas there he can improve on. But you know, so he's been out for a, a year at this level. He's easing himself back in, and, and this this this. One to keep around for next year and, and see what yeah. happens. And then the substitutes, Naki Wells went off. I think on came uh, Naj. And then um, Vyman went off and uh, on came... Um, who, was, who was the other one who came on? Phoebe. Uh, uh, Phoebe came sorry. Bennett came on. Bennett came on, yeah. So substitutes, any of the substitutions, the, the latter two didn't really make a contribution to the game. But again, we're reading now that uh, Benekophobi, it's not looking likely that he's going to sign or we're going to want to sign him. How do you view How do you view that? Yeah, I think a lot of us hoped he'd come back from his injury, I mean, given the extended time off, and he'd come back and he'd be firing. And I think he he's not got up to speed yet. Let's not say he wouldn't do, but I think as we sit here tonight, unless he has a you know a run in these last last few games and you know looks like the player he was before, I think he's one we can't afford to take that risk on. Yeah. Okay. So look, I think we've done a good job uh, covering the game and our thoughts on that. It's all academic now, really, in terms mm-hmm. of league position. You know, we could. I, I think we've banished finishing lower than we were uh, today. Yeah, because I've won. Time, I thought we could end up as low as 15th. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the next two games, the next four games, you know, we'll get a decent number of points, I would think. You know, we could we could win two, we could draw two, we could draw four. I just don't know. Let's look at the, the hot topic uh, at the moment. That's LJ's replacement. Um, did you hear the Mark Ashton interview before the game? And uh, were you inspired or hopeful about what he said, their approach to how they're going about doing it? Yeah, I did, I did. I did hear it. Um, I didn't hear all of it. And uh, the, the the thing that really jumped out for me was a comment along the lines of, "We're still trying trying to decide what sort of manager we're after, or man we're after, or you know, that, words to that effect." And that to me almost kind of sounded like we're looking for one type. Yeah. Um, and and I think from all the various candidates and their pros and cons, there's lots of different types out there. And I think mm. if we're looking for a type, to me, that worries me that we're looking for a type that Mark Ashton thinks he can have working for him. And that You don't think we're going to have Michael Appleton thrown back into the frame, do you? Well, I, I, I don't know. Who, who knows who's, who's in that list? But that, to me, didn't fill me with lots of confidence that we might be looking at a Hewton, for example, who's probably, you know, if you push me, he's probably top of my list. That That... I think Hewton would be top of, yeah, Hewton would be top of everybody's list. I mean, if you look at the betting, uh, I mean, the name that is second favourite, God help us, he's probably a really nice bloke, but this guy Flynn uh, at Newport, mm. I mean, what, I mean, if you took what I call the budget choices, which is Richie Wellens, um, the guy at, um, Coventry, Robbins, Robbins yeah. and uh, Ryan Lowe. I mean, Robbins is the top of those three. Yeah. And if you throw if you throw Flynn in there, he's the bottom of that four by a country mile in terms of what he's done. Does that make you shiver at the prospect of him being considered for the role with a track record on the playing side of mediocrity and, you know, managerially a 39% 
win rates with one club that's in League Two. What are your thoughts on 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 him? Yeah, I think I think I'd if 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 it was someone like that, I think I'd really have to listen hard to Mark Ashton and, and Steve Lansdowne's rationale for why they've picked a, a person like that. Bearing in mind where where we are now, um, th- this club's probably at its most sellable as a, as a club to a an incoming manager mm. and and i think if we went down that road then i, I are we really changing much from from what we have with lee lee johnson you know that's that's not being derogatory about any of those 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 four names you you've mentioned i think no. they've all got things you know Lowe's won two, you know back to back promotions robin's just one promotion to the to the championship flynn Stands out as the one that's not really done a lot apart from have a, you know, a, a good a good cup run and uh, and take a few of our players on loan and, and yeah, mm. doesn't sound massively inspiring. But if they come out and explain the whole reason for it, it could be under a you know a, a slightly different structure with a director of football. You might you might suddenly buy into that. Am, am I right in thinking that Lenny Lawrence might be at, at Newport as well? I don't know. It might be might be wrong on that. But if well, if, if Lenny Lawrence. There, who's a lovely guy. I, thanks to somebody who invited me as a guest, spent a whole evening with him at a LMA dinner about 10 years ago. And he is he is a decent bloke and he's a football man, but I got yeah. a feeling he must be in his late 70s now. He must be, because he wasn't the assistant at Cardiff for a period as well, years ago. Yeah, he was, in, yeah, that, yeah. in that in that sort of quasi role. But um, you know, I mean, are there others out there that could do I mean, yeah, if Flynn came in. And it was a director of football because Mark Ashton is chief executive. Is it his brother-in-law or cousin that's director of football operations? But I think that's more on the admin side of things. But if you've got a name, I mean, let's try and think of some names now. Who is out there as an experienced pro that could come in as director of football? And one name that is so easy, right? Joe Jordan. Joe Jordan lives in Bristol, affinity with the club, not doing anything at the moment in his mid-late 60s, all his experience and strength in the dressing room with somebody like Flynn or even Ryan Lowe, these youngsters. Mm. How about that? Or can you think of another name? Not not jumping out at, at me. I think, you know, the, I, the Lenny Lawrence one is, is, is funny enough. It's, it's the one that I always throw out there on, on the forum as being the director of football um, above Paul Trollope when he was at Bristol Rovers. And I thought, Funny enough, Trollope, I think, is the assistant now to, to, to Chris Hume. Um, yeah. To me, that was the type of combination of young manager, experienced director of football, where the young manager really benefits from having that football side of the knowledge that someone like Mark Ashton don't give you. Mark Ashton gives you a wonderful insight into the, the business world of football, but he's not a, he's not a football man, you know, in, yeah. in the truest, truest sense, like a Lenny Lawrence. And I, and I think... If if they kind of explain that to me with someone like a, a Mike Flynn, yeah, I could probably I could get my head around it, but I couldn't. I couldn't I, see him I would buy that. In like Lee Johnson. Yeah, no, I I would I would buy that. So you're going for Lenny Lawrence. I've just looked, looked it up. He was born in 1947, so that makes him 73. If you look at his managerial record, his overall, I mean, the most games he managed were for Luton Town or Charlton Athletic, 82 to 91. He had a win rate there of 30 percent. It's not great. 41% at Bradford City for about a year. 35% at Luton. I mean, do you look at, I know, oh, well, I do know you look at stats, uh, Dave. I mean, I would say that a manager 
must have had at least one season with a win rate in the forties to be credible. Would you would you concur? Would you concur with that? I think you, you want to see them have winning seasons, don't you? And that typically means that they've got a win percentage in the 40-plus, as you, as, as you say. I think with, with Lawrence, what you're doing is you're buying, buying his football experience and his player yeah. knowledge and things like that. And, and you're hoping that you know the, the less experienced coach that works under him is benefiting from that. And, and I think you know, at times that's where, where Lee has missed out, is not having that person in the club who we can yeah. reach out to on a but then was basis. Lee too proud? Was Lee too maybe. proud for his good? Yeah, you know, I, arrogant maybe. Thought he knew everything. Yeah. Possibly, you know, you, you get the you know, hear the hear the kind of stuff around. Oh well, yeah, I was on the phone to Kenny Dalglish with Brian Marwood, but you know, that's picking someone's brains for ten minutes. Corbin, I need someone in their day to day, or or yeah. certainly you know three or four days a week that that's there when you come up with that great idea on that that. 20 foot screen that he's got you want that that kind of experienced person to come around and say yeah it looks great on a screen leave you try doing that in a match and it won't happen i know i, I know and with drones and stuff like that and did he confuse did he try and overthink the game i think that's another criticism that's been leveled at him but as we say he's gone we got to look forward i'm just looking mm-hmm. at um, i'm just looking at mark robbins managerial stats and he's had two spells with Coventry. The first spell, 20, well, that was only 33 games, 51% win rate, 44% in this most recent spell, 168 games in charge. That's reasonable. Yeah, 43% in 129 yeah. games with Rotherham, 07 to 09. That's 10 years ago. So he's got 13 years managerial experience. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd accept him, right? And equally, yeah. we've talked about him before, Paul Cook, yeah, mm. I would um, accept that. That you could sell that to most of the fans. You don't big, big, big fan of Paul Cook. If once we dip below your um, your Canaviches and your Hutons and your McCarthys, if you think right, we're not getting one of those. Who's the next best? Who's the best out of the next kind of rung of managers? Mm. Paul Cook's top of my list. I know he'd be top of a, quite a lot of people's list yeah. who, who who follow what he's done over the years. You know. Um, any, if there are any kind of Steve Cottrell fans out there, they they, they might uh, realise that he also uh, managed Sligo Rovers. So there's a nice little connection there. Which is where Steve, that's right. I did read that. I'm just looking at the runners and riders on the sky at the moment. We've talked about Hutton. We've talked about Flynn. I talk Karanka. He's third favourite, according to Sky, mm-hmm. six to one. Not a mo- not a particularly inspiring character, is he? No, I think he's. You know, I, I, I can't say that I watch loads of Middlesbrough in, in his no. time there, but the, the common feeling was it was a little bit dour. But yeah, you know, I, I'm, I'm someone who can actually sit down and watch a, a good nil-nil. If I think that we've played with cohesion and it's been a hard-fought game, I, I don't mind that. But um, I, I think he, he doesn't he doesn't jump off the, the list as you're uh, uh, I mean, John Terry, John Terry, 11 to 1. That's a no from me, Steve Gerrard. That would all if if he did come here, that would be a stepping stone to the Liverpool job. Do you think there is any? He's fourth favourite at seven to one. Do you think there's any possibility that he'd won it, or we'd talk to him? Um, being honest, probably no. But I once again I buy the um, you know the, the the notion of a of a stepping stone. I think even like, people like Chris Hewton, people have been critical of his his football and. 
being a bit defensive in in the Premier League. Let's worry about getting to the Premier League. And if and if mm. and if Steve Steven Gerrard was to to get us there, and then bugger off to to Liverpool, I'm not that worried really. I think yeah. we we've got to follow. You know, the model was supposedly don't get too attached to your players. And I think it, it's fair to say don't get too attached to your coaches as well because well, don't get too attached to anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, Jakanovic. Yeah, Jakanovic. He's up there. What are your thoughts on him? Yeah, I think he's he's right at that 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 top end. I guess he's in is it Qatar at the moment? Um, mm. I'm guessing these these um, nations tend to pay quite lucratively, and you you think actually the payoff for him might be might be quite a bit. Um, he might also be looking at someone a bit a bit better than us as well. So and I think that's the dilemma. He, he might be. And then again, looking at, looking at other foreigners. I mean, again, David Wagner did it with Huddersfield on a limited budget. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's not listed. He's not listed on any of the odds that I'm looking at uh, here. So it's David Wagner, and uh, then if Norwich went down, I think they'll stick with Daniel Fark. But if they booted Fark, would you say that he would be credible in the eyes of the fans? Absolutely. I think you know that that European coach has got a lot of lot of things going for it. Certainly in the in the fans' eyes as well. I think there's. What you know, people like Farker brought as, as well is that being able to tap into a, a kind of unknown German market, and, and, and same with Wagner as well, and pick up some of those players that they know are more than capable of playing in in the Championship, but perhaps not household names, and therefore you can pick them up quite cheaply. And certainly, that's what that's what Huddersfield did with people like Kachunga and uh, and Schindler and, and people like that. They brought them in for absolute peanuts. Fact, yeah, you know they were they were top players at, at championship level. Yeah, another name that's way down at the bottom on the uh, managerial side. He enjoyed well moderate success with Hull and Southend, but sub forty. That was Phil Brown. I think his his days his better days are behind him now. Who he masterminded yeah. Hull's victory over us that time, didn't he? Yeah, yeah from a, from that point of view, you'd be surprised if he was in in the reckoning for this one. Ainsworth is down there at thirty-three to one. Surprisingly, I, I we just like talked him. about him. Wagner's like him down there. Carlos Carvajal, sort of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's all right. Yeah. Pardew, old school. Allardyce, old school. Uh, I was chatting to uh, a Cheltenham Town friend of mine, and uh, he said, "What about Michael Duff, the Cheltenham? He's probably you'd put him ahead, maybe of uh, of um, the guy uh, Flynn. Maybe I don't know." You know, he did, he did a good job. They'd have gone up had, it, had the season not been curtailed. Yeah. Yeah. Bowyer, his name was mentioned as well. Yeah, that was the name that yeah, popped I up. Think, I think I think he got good pedigree. He's done a really good job at, at, at Charlton. I know they've struggled, but, you know, it's an absolute mess behind the scenes there, or it certainly has mm. been over the over the last couple of years, if, if, if not longer. And I think... If he, you know, if he keeps them keeps them up this season, I think he's done a really good, yeah. good job. Yeah. I think he'd be in, and one, he'd be in and that finally. next. Yeah, sorry, go on, go on, Dave. Sorry, I say I think he'd be in that group of people alongside your kind of Paul Cooks, Paul Cooks, um, Lee Bowyer. He's kind of in that bracket, in my opinion. Um, one final name, which hasn't appeared really anywhere, he's on the betting list, um, and he's enjoyed a modicum of success this season. Uh, He's just got his team uh, promoted via the playoffs to League One. Uh, a pretty distinguished playing career with Premiership football and Bristol connections. Would there be an uproar if uh, Keith Curl came in from nowhere? Um, I think 
I think against some of the other names, that would be, you know, certainly a, a good runner, I think. And yeah. He's, he's, he's had a, a reasonably decent managerial career at, at that mm. lower end. And he's kind of got a couple of sides within the mix and, and probably not followed through until until he's done it with Northampton. You know, people say, oh, he's just a long ball merchant, but he probably is with Northampton. But, you know, we probably thought the same when Gary Johnson came here from, from yeah. Yeovil. Oh, it's going to be long football, long ball football. But actually, you know, good managers will adapt to the players they've got. And I think with someone like Curl, I think you're right, that that international and that top league pedigree is is something that that can't be kind of thrown in the in, in the bin. And I think when you're dealing with players, you know, it's like your Thomas Callises and your Naki Wells and people like that, you have to be believable as a coach in what in what you're what you're saying. As soon as you lose that belief from the players that what you're doing is 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 the right approach, you know, you you're Finish. done. And I think someone I think yeah. someone like Keith Keith Curl would. Would have that. He'd say, you know, he'd go back and say, "Yeah, we grand games out at Wimbledon doing this." You know, I played for Man City. We play, you know, we played yeah. like this. And for and, Wolves and, as well. And for yeah, Wolves, yeah, yeah, you know, I had a pretty good career from a guy that went to Torquay for five grand from from Rovers and then ended up at, at City as a I left know. winger and ended up playing centre back, didn't they? So, and what he lacked in positional play, he made up for in his speed. Oh, yeah, but, God, yeah. There we go, Dave. Look, it's been great talking to you. Having, uh, I'll, I'll call it uh, without the back, without the benefit of the football going on in the background. You know, we've talked about the game. I think we've given that a good uh, wrap. I think we've talked uh, at length uh, about the managerial situation. I don't think anything's going to happen uh, within the next seven days. I hope it does, and I hope it's the right choice. But um, you know, any final thoughts from you going into the Borough game? Do you think that's one that we could continue the winning run, just getting back to the football, or uh, or or or, or uh, do you think Neil Warnock's going to get one over on uh, on Dean Holden? I, my, my gut feel is that Middlesbrough have got a lot more to play for. And I think, you know, almost winning tonight, we, we'll see whether that, that win tonight really boosts players' confidence and gives them a bit of cohesiveness in the, in the way they want to play under, under Dean Holden. But I think it'll be a tough old... Uh, Tough old, game. Against, Tough old game against Middlebrook and and you know obviously against against Warnock as well. Yeah, doesn't, doesn't like making it easy for us, does he? Not at all, Dave. Great talking to you as always. Okay. Um, I'm going to end it there. Um, if we put this up on uh, as uh, an, an episode within the next uh, half hour or so, I make sure I don't uh, leave uh, tuning in stuff that happened the last couple of times because I was just being a bit silly, really. But you've uh, brought some uh, sensible conversation to the. Uh, last uh, 20 minutes or so. I uh, enjoy talking to you. Have a great evening, what's left of it. And uh, we'll speak again uh, before the weekend. All right, good to talk. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you too. all the best. Thanks, Dave. Bye, man. Cheers, Dave. Thank you. And thanks to everybody that's listened and your contributions. Uh, Bennett, uh, 341 in particular. Come and join us, uh, Bennett. You put some good comments in there. Andrew, uh, he was uh, putting uh, comments in as well. Uh, Justice Truth Warrior was with us for most of the evening. Uh, I think it might have been our highest audience uh, so far. Final score, though, at Ashton Gate this evening. Bristol City 2, Hull City 1. A good finish from Fam set up by Pato. And Pato showing that he can uh, curl in an exquisite uh, free kick. Thanks a lot for uh, joining us this evening. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.